Hello and welcome everybody to uh, episode 46 of the Neville Watchers podcast. My name is Pete, I'm one of your co-hosts and I'm joined as always by the Neville Watcher himself, Mr. Kurt Lewin. Hello Pete, how are you? Yeah, doing alright, or not too bad. I hope you, you're good. Yeah, all good. Yeah. Good. So, let's go through this. This time we're covering the next TV series that was uh, appears in Phase 4, which is Miss Marvel. So, uh, as is the usual part of the course, I'll run through the cast this quickly, and then we'll we'll have some initial discussion, and then we'll get into the the larger plot. So, uh, the cast is Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan. I have to apologise; I'm probably going to get some of these names wrong. So, uh, Matt Lintz as Bruno, uh, Zenobia Shroff as Maniba, uh, uh, Yasmin Fletcher as Nakia, uh, Rishar as Kamran. Uh, Mohan Kapoor as Yusuf and uh, uh, Sagar uh, uh, Sheikh uh, as Amir. So this was written by Bisha K. Ali and directed. The series was directed by four people, which was um, Adil El Arbi, uh, Bilal um, uh, Fala, uh, Mira Menon, and Sharmin Abade Chinroy. So. Uh, bad pronunciation out of the way. Let's get into it. So, Kurt, what was your initial dis- impressions of this? Um, I thought this was um, was good, um, and which was a relief after Moon. Well, particularly in the in the TV shows, um, the horrendous Moon Knight, which was the last one that we covered. Um, yeah, pretty bad that one. Yeah, so. Uh, overall, I thought uh, it was pretty consistent. I thought there was a slight dip in the middle, um, mm-hmm. but I thought it started well and ended well. Uh, okay. Particularly started well, so I thought the first two episodes were the best episodes, um, where it was introducing the characters and that. Um, uh, uh, like those, like this is something I'm, I message you um, privately. Um, the first two episodes really reminded me of the film Bend It Like Beckham, but you yes, he did say that. Yeah, but you just replace um, David Beckham with Captain Marvel because you've got this yeah. young girl. She's got this hero, and but and she she's got this dream that she wants to live and break out of um, the strictness of um, family life um, but her her parents are totally against it and they want to keep her under lock and key um, yeah which is cut that's yeah both quite similar films in that way um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I have to say when you did message me that I was thinking to myself how is that gonna like be the case? But as soon as I watched those first two episodes, I knew exactly what you meant, and I was like, "Yeah, I can see the comparison." Mm. So, what what were your overall feelings? Um, my feelings on this is probably the same way that I would describe this show: inconsistent. Right. So there were moments I probably quite enjoyed. Uh, there were moments that I. I didn't really like as much and there were things that I was a little bit sort of miffed about mm. 
but we can obviously discuss those a little bit more in detail. I just, I think one of the biggest criticisms for me was there's no real explanation of what her actual powers are. Yeah. At any point in the show, and I felt it sort of just felt like she got them, and it was sort of waved away, and then then she's learning how to use them. And then she can consistently use them, and then she can't, and then she can, and then she can't, and then by the final episode, she's quite powerful. And yeah, yeah, that's some... there's no real, there's no real sort of through line to show that she's gone through vigorous training yes. and someone has mentored her, and it was a bit sort of weird. Yeah, I t- that's I totally agree with you there. So that was one that was going to be one of my complaints so we may as well get into that now um because yeah these tv episodes we don't really go into the plot that much unless it's uh unless there's something that's really bad about it yeah um can i just bring up one piece of trivia first yeah. which i i feel is probably quite apt let's say so uh, the trivia point was this is the first MCU project to cast an actor as the titular character who does not have any prior acting experience. So this was um, Iman Villani as Kam- uh, Kamala. Okay. So what... Which it, I was a, does it say how she got the role? Uh, it didn't say, unfortunately. I didn't really look into it any further than that. Yeah, cause something I was wondering with the show was whether they'd brought in a few... Like famous Bollywood actors for it on or not? That's what I was potentially thinking as well, and it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. But if you want to start going into the plot, I can have a look at it and just see whether that's the case. Mm. Uh, well, basically, the the plot is that um, she um, Kamala is the descendant of um, so her great grandmother um, was part of the. Um, the she had this bangle that is what yeah. gives her these um, these powers and um, she, 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 in the times of the partition um, she's escaping and that's um, she, she gets split split up from her family um, this this was something that I found confusing about the plot. Really, it was the the stuff that was set around the partition is the stuff that I didn't think was told that well. It's more yeah, the I modern day the modern day stuff. I thought was a lot easier to track, which is basically um, the modern day plot is um, Kamala's family. Um, trying uh, quite restrictive in uh, what they allow her to do um, because she's a young mm-hmm. teenager she wants to um, well to begin with all she wants to do is go to attend this um, Avengers con dressed yeah. as Captain Marvel who is a hero um, okay so yeah. uh, I'm just going to say so the first thing that you see in the very first episode is her sort of like doing a blog style video, like which is clearly supposed to be for the YouTube like equivalent. Mm. I'm not sure if I can call it YouTube or TikTok um, yeah. or whatever it is. But it's it. I, I'm gonna say this put put me a little bit out of whack to start with because it was the whole her version of what actually happened in Endgame, and it was like, 
okay, so you're already doing revisionist history of movies from a couple of, like, from about two years ago. Great. Good start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, what a way to get you introduced to this character. It's like, okay, so you're a narcissist then. Great start. Mm. <laughs> um, Sorry. No, it's all right. Uh, yeah. She, uh, she acquires these powers through finding this bangle um, in... Yeah. Um, a box in her family home. Yeah, so this was sent to her by her... Um, uh, Great-grandma. It's by her auntie, isn't it? Or her grandma, or I can't remember exactly. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it is her grandma, you're right. Yeah, it, but the bangle belongs to it, her great-grandma. Yeah, so it's it's who they go to visit in um, uh, Karachi, yeah. isn't it? Which is something I have a problem with as well, but... Uh, Okay. Um, well, sh- shall we just go through what we liked and and didn't like? Sure. Um, yeah. Because I'm sure the yeah. Um, so what we was discussing near the beginning of the episode um, surrounding um, you'll have to remind me because uh, I've lost my uh, train of thought. Uh, sorry. Uh, so we're. So we're talking about Avengers. Uh, they, she wants to go to Avengers Con. She gets the bangle and puts it on, but doesn't realise that it gives her some powers. Yeah, yeah, because it's at Avengers Con where um, she puts the bangle on for the first time because she like forgets her yeah. gloves or something. So, yeah, so the gloves is actually given to her by Bruno, which is her, her friend who's sort of like an engineer and a designer. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, she she leaves them in the bathroom, uh, so she needs to make a an alternative, which she had the bangle anyway. She yeah. just obviously didn't realise that it had some sort of mysticism to it. Yeah. So, yeah. So she at this point, she has had no training at all or anything like that, but she yeah manages to save the life of that girl who's like um, the popular kid at school who's also internet famous. Yeah, so she's a clearly supposed to be like a TikTok influencer, like star, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and it's like have we really got to the point where 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 shows and films are now parodying influencers? It's like, oh, yeah, probably one of the worst things about society. I don't really want to see in <laughs> in <laughs> in a TV show, if I'm honest. But hey, yeah, I not think that teenage was... people being teenagers, I guess. Yeah, I didn't think that was very realistic because later on um, she in like the final episode um, yeah. she's so famous that she posts this video up and it like goes around the neighbourhood um, yeah informing it's like the him. whole of New Jersey season yeah and it's like <laughs> is she really that famous that even yeah. like the the dad he's getting it on his phone <laughs> yeah, that make that now makes me worried about people like adults following kids on TikTok. Mm. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Mm. Especially this this young white girl with red hair, and it's like, okay, so you're all following her because why? Yeah, you think she's good looking or something? I don't know. It's a bit creepy, if I'm honest. Yeah, um, and so whilst we're on the topic of creepiness. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the main characters that we are introduced to is, um, what is his name? Um, 
So this is the this is the love, love interest, interest, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Cameron. Right. Okay. Um, Gets a bit confusing. Kamala, Cameron. Yep. Yeah, okay. So yeah. Did you think this relationship was a bit creepy? Like, I just think that the, he doesn't look. Uh, sorry. Well, they, they both. He looks much older than her to me. Uh, I think the plot would uh, later on in the plot would dictate that he's a lot older than her as well. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. He does look significantly older than her. Yeah, because I think they do even mention what his age is. I think he's supposed to be like sixteen or seventeen. Certainly, no, no more than I eighteen. I think he. I'm sure it was supposed it was supposed to be seventeen or eighteen. I'm sure of it because. Um, you know the fact that I think she's sixteen, isn't she? And that's when in America you can actually start taking driving lessons. Ah, yes, yeah. and yeah. get your license. So that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, so you by process of elimination, he has to be over sixteen. Yeah. Um, but I would be shocked if he is in real life that age. He mm. looked like tw- yeah. early twenties to me. Yeah, there's no way he is. Mm. It's like no way he's that age, so I'm gonna have a look now. Uh, but yeah, because when they have the more intimate moments, it just yeah, I just thought it looked a bit weird to me. It did to me even as if well, it was legal also... <laughs> age wise. Uh, yeah, I also felt that there was a lack, a distinct lack of chemistry between the two of them as well. Yeah, I would, I would like, agree. It, it sort of it sort of goes back to um, we had this complaint. Um, with another film very early on in the MCU, didn't we? And I can't remember which film it was. Was it between? Oh, it was. It was four, wasn't it? it was yeah, um, yeah. Uh, between four and Jane Foster. Mm. Yeah, that was particularly lacking in chemistry, and I felt this one was very much similar. Mm. Uh, I actually felt there was more chemistry between Kamala and Bruno, actually, and I thought those two were. Good. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was you know, the thing. Kind of hook up at the late, the, the later part of it. Yeah, that's what I also thought. Um, oh, glad I'm not alone on that one then. Yeah, I thought that um, the one of the the elements of the plot was that yeah, she was showing this initial um, like she basically had a, the crush on this um, Cameron, but then yeah. over time she would slowly start to realize that it's actually bruno that is the one that she should really care for plus he looks yeah. actually her age yes uh, and also you know can tell everything to him yeah but so is this a, is this the indication that he's supposed to be like the gay best friend or something uh, i never no, thought no that idea. i just thought I, I, I thought there was times when he came across as feeling a bit jealous of Cameron. There are times where it does feel that way. But um, I didn't know whether it was because he had a crush on Kamala, so the that was why I was jealous, or he was just jealous at the fact that um, Cameron was getting so much attention for basically doing nothing, where he was doing all the work to help Kamala in this situation she was in. Okay, well, I think, and unfortunately, not very well explained then. Mm. 
Uh, it probably should have elaborated or fleshed it out a, a slight bit more. Um, let's be honest, like the, the like you said, the middle section of this entire show sort of sags, and that probably could have filled some of it up. But I think they spend quite a lot of time in Karachi. Yeah. Um, I've just got up the um, the actor now of Cameron. Um, so his yeah. name is um, Rish Shah. Yeah, his IMDb profile didn't actually say his age. Right. Yeah, because that's what I've just clicked on. Um, <laughs> I've already looked. I couldn't see it. Uh, so his Wikipedia says he was... Um, that he is 25. 25? Yeah. Whoa. So, uh, well, he must have been 23 or 24 probably 23 yeah. at the time of filming this but mm-hmm. yeah why cast someone that much older supposed to be a 16 or 17 year old doesn't make uh, I mean it does like, no wonder there was there. no chemistry between them because if, if I was him I'd be feeling a little uncomfortable uh, yeah and considering that the fact that she does actually kind of look her age as well oh yeah yeah she, she yeah, looks would... fine yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, if you're supposed to have chemistry with someone who's supposed to look 16 and you're supposed to be playing, quote, an 18-year-old, but you're 25, it would be sort of like, hmm, do I? I know he's supposed to be acting at all, but do I? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, a bit creepy. Yes. So, it's, um, so, yeah, she, it doesn't make, so she's supposed to be, tw- she's 20 now. What? Yeah. That's madness. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So, again, in, in terms of that age difference, th- three years, okay, that's not that's not so bad, but it was just, it's more still. the fact that they just look so, he looks older, and she looks way younger than what her age is. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, we've talk, talked about that for... <laughs> <laughs> I think um, we, we banged on about that far too much. Yeah. Um, so, another thing that you mentioned earlier in the episode was about the whole arc of her getting her powers and developing those powers. And I was saying yeah. that I agree with you. I didn't think that was very well done. Um, mm. Because... Yeah, so... Go on, Karen. Yeah, so she... Her her power is basically, I don't think that it's very good power to be honest. Because well, to begin with, especially because all all I could tell that she was able to do is create platforms, mm-hmm. like she's in some kind of platformer game. Yeah, it's basically just Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah, uh, but then you do see then that she can use like um, build like this giant crystal arm to punch stuff and catch stuff. Yeah, so now this was the only thing that I did actually know about her powers before this show was because I don't know if you'd seen anything about um, Square Enix Avengers game. Uh, No. Well, Well, not not the Miss Marvel stuff. No, well, she's kind of a main character in that in terms of the story. So I knew about her power levels from that to some degree, like especially the uh the ex- the the large fist that she uh, or hand that she can 
create mm. or conjure and, and the extending limb, let's say. Mm. But, yeah, they don't give any real explanation as to how she harnesses her powers in any way. They sort of, they give you this, they give you two explanations and it's a little bit strange. Like, in fact, no, it's free. Because, you know, at one moment it is the power from the bangle is giving her the power to do this. But then it's something inside of her that's also enabling her to use the bangle in this way. But then, like, at the very end, and look, I'll get in... I'm going to talk about this one now because I felt this one was quite egregious, let's say. And the line itself, and I had to remember it specifically earlier on, and it does come back to a trivia point. It says, in the final episode, when it's revealed Kamala has a mutation... Uh, when Bruno says the word mu- um, mutation, the 90s X-Men theme is played. So this is a second instance in Phase 4 where we've not only had something related to the X-Men, but that specific cue of the theme it's as well mm. in terms of the music. Now, I felt this was egregious because it was like, oh, look. Look what kind of business we've done in the last couple of years. Oh, we bought Fox. That means we've got the X-Men. That means we've got mutations. It's something we couldn't do throughout the first three phases because it was a licensing issue. Scarlet Witch is actually a mutant, but she was not allowed to be called a mutant. She's enhanced. So it sort of just feels a bit sort of like, okay, you're now trying to give characters this, quote, mutation because you're now able to do it. And it sort of felt like, um, it felt like um, uh, it felt cheap. Let's say, to me. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, I was trying to think of the right word for it. It was like fan. That's it. Fan service. It felt like cheap fan service. Yeah. It's like, oh look, we got the, we can get the X Men coming soon. Oh, mm. Great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So with with her powers, um, I thought that like you said that she has very little training but she's suddenly like there's no indication that through her powers it 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 allows her to create these platforms and create these crystal things like a fist out of thin air yeah but she's had no combat training Um, in fact there's like a um a skit whereby bruno is doing some training with her and basically yep. she's pathetic at it. Is this where she's on the rooftop? Yeah. In the second episode, I think it is. Yeah, so she eventually like manages to create these things at will, which is fair enough. Yep. But she's not um like particularly fit or strong. Like No. She um has a moment where she creates one of these fists and like um Yep. She's got no she hasn't got the strength in her arms to hold it up. So where has no. she got this super strength from all of a sudden? Yeah, I don't know. Um, she's struggling to do a press-up at one point. Um, yeah. But then which by the... is clearly supposed to be there for like comedic value, which yeah, was but... one of those moments where it's like, it, this isn't funny. Well, yeah, and I think it just undermines the, the powers that she's got because late, later on when she's doing acrobatic swinging from lampposts and stuff, it just... I just thought we've not seen how she well the the 
the way she's got to this point is unbelievable. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And I want to use this as a moment to like make a comparison here. Now, um, outside of the MTU, but in terms of a superhero movie, you remember the first Spider-Man movie, the one made by Sam Raimi in two thousand two. Mm. Um, look what happens to him. Uh, to Peter Parker when he gets bitten by the spider and then he realises he has these powers. Mm. Look at how much of a struggle he goes through just trying to at least get to grips with them. Yeah. I mean, the entire arc of Into the Spider-Verse for Miles Morales is I've been bitten by a spider and I still don't know how to use these powers very well until basically the very end of the movie. Mm. It's like, these things take time. They are, you know... If it is, quote, like, as they call it, a mutation, like, and there's something in you that, you know, is enabling you to use the power of this bangle, you still need to train for it. You still need to, you, you still need to be able to harness the power because it's, otherwise your power levels are going to be so inconsistent and so sporadic that any time you try and actually use them, it won't work. And you, and I think the only time that they did this right was that second episode where she, she's like, kind of pushed to the forefront to actually do something and you can see her struggling yeah yeah and yeah. that was the only time it happens because then after that she's like quote amazing and then everyone's telling her she's amazing for doing this it's like okay but i would actually like to see growth yeah i'd like to see her training and i'd like to see her actually you know getting to grips with these powers not just be told that she's great at it now yeah because i think it's it might be the th- uh, fourth episode um, where when they go back to um, well not back they go to visit um, uh, her grandmother in is it in India uh, it's in Pakistan, in Pakistan. Karachi. Um, yeah she goes to visit her and there's the scene where she meets and has a fight with um, a character known as Red Dagger now, oh, yeah, yeah. now it's clear that he's a character who has had extensive training over the years mm-hmm. um, and he's got these um, throwing knives and stuff but she's yeah. somehow able to match him in combat uh, after about ridiculous. A, a, a couple of days <laughs> training yep so dumb mm. they never, re- never really understood this at all and uh, well I, I think I can sort of see us coming back to this in the next episode, actually, because there is uh, the next film that we cover. I'm not going to tell you which it is until the end. They have a similar instance like this as well. Right. So uh, it does happen quite a few times in the MCU where a new character is introduced and they go up against another character who's had many years of training and then just wipes the floor with them. Yeah. It's kind of pointless. It makes no sense. It's like... Okay. I think it depends. I, I, I can understand. Go for me, it depends on the character and their powers. Because if if they have got um, like like for example Thor, uh, well Thor's yep. not perhaps a good example. Some uh, I was just thinking it, it depends on their powers. Because if they a uh, character who is given superhuman strength like the Hulk. Yeah. Even if he came across someone who has had extensive training since year dot, he's still going to yeah. smash him. Um, okay, well, uh, to counter that point, we actually have that in The Incredible Hulk, though, where 
he's been dealing with it for many years where he's been trying to control his anger, trying not to let the, the green guy come out. And then um, Tim Roth's abomination comes along, a man who's been, you know, has trained his entire life, like, um, in the military, is like, um, does like special ops, black ops operations and stuff like that. He gets infected with the blood and he doesn't know how to control his powers. Mm. Right, but yet he's still able to go toe to toe with the Hulk. Mm. True. So it's a bit like you have these wildly inconsistent moments of whose power is more is more than the than the other. But in this show it sort of feels like Kamala is the centre of attention, like because it's her show, it's her origin story, and I sort of get that. But she can she stumbles across these powers and then she stumbles across being great with them mm. and it's I just think it's quite poor writing, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I I totally agree. Um, Another thing I didn't really like um, was, and I still don't understand, the the organisation that I'm guessing are like, the FBI. um, Oh, this is, uh, is this the ones that are trying to take Kamala down at the end? Yeah. The it's not the CDC, it's the oh D D O D C. That's the one, yeah. Uh, damage control, as they're also known in this. Yeah, I didn't yeah. understand why they were going after her and um, Cameron. No, they're um, they're not made uh, that clear as to why they're there. Yeah, it just seemed think. as if they needed to stick someone in there to act as a antagonistic group but but that's the problem right is that they have they have two different groups that could be seen that way and yet that like the one group seen sympathetic sympathetic to start and then becomes the villainous villainous organization which is damage control but then you've got um Cameron and his his mum who i can't remember the name of her if i'm honest but and I can't remember the term they call Najma. it. The um, Naj. The what? She's called uh, Najma. Oh yes, okay. But um, they have a specific name that they call their the group of people that have come from this other dimension into. Um, I can't remember what they call them, but they're seen as like the sympathetic. They they seem like villainous at first, and then are slightly sympathetic later on. Yeah. So, it's a bit weird, like. Tonally, they they haven't got a villain throughout this whole thing, and I think they try and flip flop it all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Like they try to keep, they'll say that they try to keep you on your toes in terms of trying to guess who who the actual villains are. But I just it's another instance where I think it's not very well defined who the actual villainous person is. Yeah. So or the villainous organization is. Yeah. So the the other that group is called the Cladestines. Oh, the clandestines, yeah. yes. Thank you, yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't really get what the motives of the DODC were. Because um, Kamala wasn't causing any trouble, really, with her powers. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not like, like... I could understand if this was a film in which... Um, 
Miss Marvel was a, the only superhero to exist, and the, there was like, oh, well, what? Um, she's she's dangerous. Um, yeah. But she's just this girl in a who is another superhero to have come in a world full yeah. of superheroes. Um, yeah, exactly. And she's not done like, anything hey, bad. Not particularly. I mean, if you look at that first episode. Yes, a bit of damage happens to the um, to the set itself, like with Avengers Con. Mm. But she doesn't pose a threat. She actually saves someone. But oh, yeah, then that's the DODC are then involved. Yeah, so that's the whole thing with um, the sending a video on social media and everyone of um, of her saving this girl. Yeah, but then they're like, "Oh, she tried to kill them." It's like, "No, did you watch the video?" Yeah, and they even interviewed the girl. And she says, she tried to save me. Yeah, and then they sort of go go against that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we've got to take her down. It's like, what? Yeah, why? Yeah, yeah makes no sense. Mm. Yeah, so I wasn't into that. Um, no, I agree. I can see good reason be- behind it as well. The And then the final main point of complaint for me would be, um, I thought the um, her mum just had to see have a turn around in her opinion on the whole superhero business like quite quickly yep. and I didn't get why like she was totally against um, the superhero stuff and she was mm-hmm. like saying that it bring whoever this Miss Marvel is is bringing shame on her family and then yep. but then she seems to change her mind when they go to visit her great uh, uh, grandma in uh, yep. Pakistan and that was another thing I didn't think was done very well her because it wasn't really made that clear as to why she'd had such a change of heart yeah she had a huge change of heart as well just from one moment of seeing her daughter wearing wearing the costume and wielding the power and it's like nope you've made it very consistent all the way through you don't agree with this you don't think it should be the case you didn't want it to be Kamala and when it is Kamala you should be fuming Hmm. but yet she's very not happy about it but she's very encouraging of it because she makes her a costume she lets her go she tells her like she tells her whole family like she's proud of her it's like you've not made this abundantly clear to be the case throughout the entire narrative so why is your character yeah. so inconsistent yeah she, like she is totally against her even going to something like AvengerCon which is yeah. got a safe environment um, when you really think about it but then yeah. later on um, she's letting her go and do all sorts Mm. Yeah, it's like okay, so yeah, <laughs> so, oh, really sorry, yeah, like, oh, yeah, you can't. Sorry, I you can't go to Avenger. You can't go to AvengerCon because it might be dangerous, and you shouldn't be playing dress up, and it goes against your heritage and your culture and all that. But you're all right if you turn into a real superhero. Well, no, there's a, there's an even better example of this where this okay. is before she even has this change of heart. Um, where it was just inconsistent with the the rules. Um, so yeah, yeah we've, we have the whole deal with uh, not allowing her to go to AvengerCon, and then mm-hmm. um, 
pretty much straight, well, not too long after that, we have a scene where her and Bruno uh, sat on top of this building. Um, yep. Basically, her saying, my mum says I can't go to AvengerCon. Now, yep. why is her mum saying you can't go to AvengerCon, um, even under supervision um, and being with your friends in this in this environment where there's obviously going to be security but I'm yep. totally fine with you roaming the streets of New Jersey on your own with your mate yeah despite there being a lot of crime probably in New Jersey mm. and all of that and you are a 16 year old girl yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. So it sense. just kind of felt with that. It was like the writers kind of just forgot that um, the, the what the mum and family life was like. Um, yeah, maybe I that's agree. a bit. I, I guess I'm, it's a bit nitpicky, but anyway. Look, I, how many times have I made many nitpicky <laughs> sort of responses, and you've gone? Yeah, it makes sense. I think it makes sense. Like her character is like the mum is so inconsistently written and I think quite a few of the characters are a little bit inconsistent in this like what they say and what they do are completely like different mm. and yeah it's, it, it it does become a bit of a problem I felt this probably probably would have worked better as a um, as a movie rather than a series yeah, because I, I felt that. that the extra runtime probably didn't help them mm. it would have been tighter it would have been a lot more precise it would have been a lot more focused if that was the case i think mm. was so was there anything else that really stands out to you that you um, didn't like uh, i think we've gone over most of it if i'm honest like there's there's quite a few little nitpicky things that I could mention, but I think you've raised the vast majority of uh, what what I found to be the most egregious. Mm. Um, so if we other than that, yeah, if we look at the positives now, then because if yeah. it was if it was to just if it was to end the episode now, it probably sounds as if we hated it more than Moon. Yeah, that's but a good point. That's not the case because I thought even the um, even the that. I thought throughout it was consistently quite entertaining and quite an easy watch. And that's probably the best thing I could say about it is very easy watching. Yeah, because other than the historic stuff, I thought the modern based stuff was quite easy to follow plot wise. Yeah, once they started getting into the, um, oh, what do they call the event? Uh, the partition and mm. things like that. That's where it started getting really confusing. And to be fair, it's one of the only times that I've gone back and I've looked, tried to search up a little bit about what actually happened. Mm. And I'm like, because I didn't really know much no. about yeah. about the partition at all. So I did go and look at it. And it's like, it is an interesting read, but obviously, like, there are, like, you know, there are a few moments in there where they're talking specifically about the British and what they did in India. And it's like, Okay, well, I can get that they were horrible people to to the Indians and all that, like from years ago. But they weren't me. Why am I getting a lecture over this? Um, well, I thought I did admire the fact that they were doing that because I thought it was quite. It's not something we've really seen from Marvel before to be a bit like that. Um, 
Mm, I don't know. I think that I think that speech from uh, from Falcon at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt like that too. Yeah, but I wouldn't say it's a common occurrence. No, but it is. It's becoming. It does sort of feel like it's kind of is sort of like lecturing you a little bit, and it's like, what? This is why these people are bad. And it's like, yeah, we know. Yeah, but then you. Like, I, but then you just said you had to go and look that up. No, I know about the, the like some of the stuff that the British did in India, and it was absolutely heinous what some, what was done there. But the 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 partition event itself, I didn't know about. Mm. Like where they split India and Pakistan and the people like up basically. Mm. That's what I didn't know about. It was all the stuff where they were talking about the British being horrible settlers and all that sort of thing. I knew about that, and it sort of was like, okay, yeah, I know that. I'm aware of that and yeah it's okay it's a major part of indian and pakistani culture i get that like yeah maybe that that audience would have um they might have seen it as not portraying the facts if they weren't to have addressed it yeah yeah it would would be quite it'd be interesting to hear what the that community um thinks of this of this show yeah it would it would be interesting to hear for sure. I know. And I, I know a few uh, a few um, friends of mine are from uh, Pakistani and Indian heritage, so I'd be interested to hear what they would say about it if I asked them. Hmm. So I think that was one of the big appeals of the show to me was the fact that it was a Marvel from the perspective of a well, set in a different. I know it was still New Jersey, but culturally it was different to what we've seen. And I thought that was yeah, quite I, cool to see. I agree. Like there was some really, really interesting things to do with the um, the fact that she is a Pakistani Im- immigrant, basically, um, and you know, using using the, the her culture as as a main crux of some of the plot, especially when it was going into the mosques and stuff like that. I felt it was really quite respectful and quite well done, actually, in that in those respects. Yeah. Yeah, and to, and like the they even address stuff like um, that inequality within that culture with the whole yeah. in terms of the gender inequality. Uh, yeah, where they uh, specifically where they're in the mosque and they're like at the back mm. in the area itself is not exactly well catered towards women. Yeah, and how um, I can't remember what her name is now, but um, there's a uh, Kamala's, uh, the friend. Kamala's friend, yeah, who wants to run for, um, she wants to run for something in the mosque. Uh, uh yeah, it's the ca- the council, I think yeah. it is. Um, so yeah, that that was all quite positive, and some of the characters I thought were really good, like, and there were some great lines in there from some of them, um, particularly mm. Kamala's brother. I thought he was fantastic. I think he was a highlight for me. Actually, he had some real, like some real good one liners. Yeah. Like, and then the British Bake Off one was good. That was quite funny, actually. <laughs> and um, uh, and I think in the last episode where he actually gets involved in the plot and helps her mm-hmm. and helps them all out, I thought like it was really cool. Yeah. Like, and he was he was a great part of that. I, I could have watched like quite a lot of his stuff. Yeah, I wish he was in like, it more. A lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought the dad was good. Uh, he was good, and I quite like the ending that he had with Kamala, yeah. to be fair. Mm. Where he comes up with a superhero name. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, um, I thought the fact that it was quite consistently entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. It, it kind of did remind me a little of like Spider-Man because of the fact that she is so young and discovering her powers even though we didn't necessarily agree with um, the arc there. Um, yeah. But she, she's got like similar characteristics to Peter Parker in terms of like being quite innocent, being a bit of an outcast at school, a bit of a loner, but with one mm-hmm. friend. Um, yeah. It kind of reminded me of Spider-Man in that way. And I like Spider-Man. Yeah, she, yeah I agree. She's got a lot of... Um, she has a lot of quips as well. Mm. And um, just very much sort of plays on that um, on that Peter Parker mentality, I think. And I think that's probably some of the more, the strongest parts about it. Mm. I, I, I have to say that, unfortunately, I think that sometimes Marvel's dialogue can be a little bit cringe at times, where they try to... To force jokes sometimes when they don't need it. Sometimes just let a scene breathe and be serious. Mm. Like sometimes doesn't need a quip every two minutes. But I don't think this is the worst for it. I think this could like there have been a lot worse examples of it. But this one, um, yeah, I think outside of the power level was like mostly okay actually. Like we had criticisms, like you said, but they're not like major like plot destroying stuff like it's like you said an easy watch I think it like you could just put this on sort of just anybody like could stick this on say like in my house my my dad could just come into the room and sort of understand what's going on without watching another episode yeah it's like okay so she's a superhero she's got her powers and this is happening mm. easy mm. it's quite simple it's quite easy to follow and I don't think that's a bad thing to be honest the, the the biggest criticisms obviously was the inconsistent power levels, the lack of training, and a, a plot that sort of sags in the middle, mm. and that's about it. Yeah. So let's shall we go on to our? Oh, one, I'd say one last thing is the post credit scenes where we have Captain Marvel in Kamala's bedroom. Yeah, I didn't like this. No. I didn't think it, it was just very necessary. Of... No, I I disagree because it's setting up uh, the next movie, oh, right. which is The Marvels. Right, right, okay. So, oh, the yeah, Marvel sequel shit, is... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think that was just basically sort of to go, yeah, Captain Marvel's returning, by the way. Oh, and it's not just Captain Marvel, it'll be Kamala as well. Mm. But, yeah, it was just... It, it didn't... It felt so unnecessary. Like, they could have taken the scene out and just had it as one of the first scenes in, in the Marvels. Mm. Yeah. So, what would you, um, what would you rate this? Um, uh, I'm going to say this is about as middle of the road as middle of the road comes. I think it's probably a two and a half to a three out of five for me. Yeah, I'd get, I'd say, I'd say a three. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. I think... You know, for for everything that we've said that it's done well, there is something that sort of can bring it down a little bit. So, I think to be a three and a half would be too much, but to be a two would be too little. Mm. So, I think dead center for me is two and a half is absolutely fine. Yeah, I would say it was my second favorite of the TV shows, though. 
I mean, they're not exactly setting a high bar, though, are they? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I did really like um, Hawkeye. Um, yeah, I, did, I mean, that's the... I would rather watch this, if I had to watch them again, I'd rather watch this over Loki. Uh, I would agree, yeah. So I I would say I'd watch Hawkeye pretty much any time yeah. and watch all of the episodes. This I'd watch probably episodes one, two, and five, and six. Hmm. Um, Loki, I'll just probably just watch the first and the last one because mm. I think that's all you need, really. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the same thing, probably the first and the last. And One Division, avoid at all costs. Um, no, and Moon Knight, avoid at all costs. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot about Moon Knight because <laughs> I'm trying to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I'm gonna guess is Thor next. Uh, yeah, so next up is For Love and Thunder. Right. Now, um, not saying anything, but we have had a minor discussion about that one already. Mm. <laughs> so we'll we'll get on to that next episode. But um, for now, uh, do you want to let everyone know where they can get a hold of us? Yeah, so we are at Neverwatchers on, um, on Twitter. Um, and yeah, we're also in um, the Modern Escapism Discord and the uh, Rapid Reviews Discord as well, if you want to send any feedback in there. Please do. We always appreciate your feedback, and there will be some things that we obviously don't know about that we would like to know a little bit more about. So if you want to do so by email, that's uh, neverwatcherspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, send it over to... Uh, the email or to the Never Watchers Twitter because I'm currently off Twitter, so I'm not giving you that. Yeah, and I and I've um, left now as well. Yeah, I've just decided to take a break from Twitter for a few weeks, so maybe even longer. Who knows? But anyway, uh, outside of politics and social media discussions, we will wrap it up here. So thank you very much for listening again, and we always appreciate your support and your feedback, your comments, and all that. Yeah, it's always appreciated. So, uh, come back next time. We'll be covering for love and thunder. But until then, excelsior! Bye bye. Goodbye. <laughs>